Hello, and welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am so excited that you are listening this week. This is a place where I talk about health and wellness and obviously biohacking. And if you don't know me, I am a registered holistic nutritionist and have also been studying functional medicine, specifically in the area of women's health recently. Today's episode is kind of an interesting one. I received my Spotify wrapped for podcasts or podcasters. And I guess I didn't look at it last year or like really know how to access it. But it was really interesting looking at the statistics. And Spotify is actually a smaller platform for my podcast. Most of my listeners are from Apple. And I think that's kind of normal for everybody. But there is Spotify is the runner up to that. And what was interesting is that this episode that I'm playing for you today is was my most downloaded episode on Spotify this year. And it received 999% more downloads than all of my other episodes, apparently. So it didn't give me any actual numbers of how many people that is, how many downloads it is. It just puts it into a percentage, which I thought was interesting. But yeah, so I thought I would replay it for you and add a little bit more to it. And we can kind of discuss some of the topics that I talk about. What was also interesting on my Spotify wrapped was it said that 93% of my listeners found me this year, which is interesting because I actually launched this podcast in 2020, 2019, actually. So it's great to have so many new listeners and it's only growing exponentially, hopefully. And so I'm thankful for everybody who's listening. So this episode today came out in June. And it's titled Q&A, Berberine versus Ozempic, Alcohol's Impact, The Healing Web, and Functional Foods for Women's Health. Now, it's interesting with this that it's like my most downloaded episode on Spotify because there's so many topics here that I don't know necessarily which topic was the reason that people downloaded it. I probably think it is the Berberine versus Ozempic topic. So I'm actually going to dive a bit more into that today. Because I think that some of the other topics a lot of people know about, it could be the healing web, but the healing web is like usually it goes viral and trends on my TikTok mostly because of the visual aspect of it versus like you hearing about it. It's kind of like hard to visualize what the healing web is without seeing it. So for that reason, I don't think it's the healing web. But regardless, we're going to get into Berberine and and Ozempic a little bit right now. And then you'll be able to hear my initial discussion on it. So since June, Ozempic has only increased in popularity. I mean, this is a drug that I think kind of started with very high profile people like Kardashians type of vibe and has now made its way to the vast majority of people in North America. Australia, kind of these types of places. As in not saying everybody is doing it, but saying that it is much more accessible and more common. More people know what Ozempic is, and there's way, way more discussion about it. I actually just saw a TikTok yesterday. So I'm really big on TikTok these days. Anyway, you can follow me at biohacking. 
I just saw a TikTok yesterday about this woman I know, actually don't know her. She is a reality star from Netflix and she was calling out somebody else and for saying like, oh, this is my healthy morning routine. This is what I eat in a day. This is how I exercise. And her thing, this review that this woman was doing, she was saying, no, I actually know for a fact that you're on Ozempic. Stop lying to everybody. As somebody who has a past of eating disorders, this is extremely harmful to women and men, young ages or whoever who's watching this, that you're saying, oh, I look like this because here's what I eat in a day when in reality, you're actually taking a weight loss prescription drug. So that was just yesterday that that happened, let alone you know all of the other discussions around it on every single social media platform. So I thought that was really interesting. I also, kudos to that girl for calling her out. That's kind of very scary when I see stuff like that because eating disorders are so common. And there's multiple different types and that's so easy to hide. And if you're on a platform like TikTok, which has a younger audience and you're promoting looking a certain way due to like lifestyle choices and eating habits, when in reality you're lying and you're taking a drug, like that is so harmful. That is so harmful. And it's just lying and it's like promoting restriction with your food and over-exercising and not eating and like eating small amounts to look a certain way when in reality, a lot of people won't be able to ever actually look like that without taking these drugs. So there's a lot of discussion happening around Ozempic right now. And I think that's really good. And I think it's needed. What also came to my attention when I was talking about re-releasing this episode, someone sent me an article that was published on people.com which is obviously a like social magazine, whatever you want to call it. And the title of this article is Mom Dies After Using Weight Loss Injectables to Slim Down Before Daughter's Wedding. I Couldn't Save Her, Husband Says. That's the name of this article. And it says, Trish Webster died of acute gastrointestinal illnesses, illness after several months of taking Ozempic and Saxenda. Saxenda? So I read this article and essentially this is an Australian woman who died after taking injectables and was obviously trying to lose weight for her daughter's wedding. I'm going to read some of this because I think it is helpful to just get a different perspective. So the article goes on to say, as in the United States, Ozempic is approved in Australia for people with type 2 diabetes, not weight loss. As the Australian government's Department of Health and Aged Care noted in September when addressing its shortage. It's shortage. Can you believe that? Ozempic is one of the brand names for semaglutide, which is like the actual molecule name. Also marketed under the brand name Wigovi. Yeah, I think that's how you say that. Which, unlike Ozempic, is approved for weight loss management. They work by acting on the brain's impact feelings of society or fullness. It goes on to say she was taking this for a few months. Within five months of both of these injectables, she lost 35 pounds. And then in January of this year, her husband said she had a little bit of brown stuff coming out of her mouth and I realized she wasn't breathing and started doing CPR. It was just pouring out and I turned her onto her side because she couldn't breathe. Webster died that night with acute gastrointestinal illness being named on her death certificate as the cause. Goes on to talk more about it. 
And then we get into how Ozempic and similar medications impact it. So the impact of Ozempic and similar medications on the digestive symptom are currently being investigated. In June, the drugs were linked to severe gastroparesis, also known as stomach paralysis, which the Mayo Clinic says prevents your stomach from emptying properly. And in September, the FDA issued a warning that Ozempic can lead to a life-threatening condition known as ileus, a type of bowel obstruction where either sections or the entirety of the intestines become obstructed. This blockage can restrict blood flow to organs resulting in tissue necrosis. <sighs> okay, so I'll link that article in so you can just take a look at it and link it into this, the show notes of this episode. I think that's really interesting. I think that this is probably more common than we know. I think this is one single case of somebody dying from the complications that are caused by these drugs. I also think it's interesting that Ozempic has been cleared for people with type 2 diabetes and it's being prescribed as an off-label use for weight loss. That is really problematic and I I just I just caution people who are thinking about doing something like this. This is obviously one case and we have to take that with a grain of salt and understand that the chance of this happening are very low. However, as a biohacker and a nutritionist and somebody who's very deep into the holistic health world, I would very much urge you to look at other means before doing something like Ozempic. I think, and I also just did a podcast episode recently on it. You should go back. There's one I did a few weeks ago, interviewing an expert on it. Essentially, I think that the negative side effects might not be worth it. And I also think that the potential harm of what happens when you come off of it is problematic as well. So a lot of people will lose weight on Ozempic, they'll lose muscle mass, and when they come off of it, then they gain the weight back right away. So I think we really have to look at the full picture when we're looking at something like this, which is why in this podcast episode, I talk about berberine as a potential, a different option. I do get into the differences. I do want to just add a few things to what I said about berberine in this episode since it's been released. And I'm going to give you some research on what I found about how berberine impacts our blood sugar levels, because that's essentially what Ozempic does. So Ozempic is a prescription medication specifically used to treat type 2 di diabetes, like I said. It belongs to a class of drugs called GLP-1 receptor agonists and works by mimicking the action of a hormone that helps lower blood sugar levels. Ozempic is usually administrated via injection has been shown to be effective in reducing blood sugar levels, promoting weight loss, and lowering the risk of cardiovascular events in people with type 2 diabetes. Versus berberine, which is a compound found in several plants and has been used in traditional medicine for various purposes. Berberine has, has shown potential in managing blood sugar levels, which makes it somewhat comparable to ozempic. Some research suggests it may help improve insulin sensitivity, and regulate glucose metabolism, offering benefits for individuals with diabetes or those at risk of developing it. Obviously, the side effects are significantly lower when taking something like berberine. For example, common side effects of berberine might include digestive issues, while ozempic side effects may include nausea, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and 
some of the other serious side effects like we talked about with the gastrointestinal lining and guts really being impacted in terms of their effectiveness to be able to do their job properly. Some research that I found about berberine was really interesting in terms of how it can help manage blood sugar levels. There was a meta-analysis published in the journal Planta Medica in 2013, which reviewed 14 randomized controlled trials involving 1,068 patients or participants. It found that berberine significantly lowered fasting blood sugar levels and improved insulin resistance in individuals with type 2 diabetes. There was also research published in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism in 2008, conducted on 36 patients, which is obviously not very big, with newly diagnosed type 2 diabetes and found that berberine treatment effectively regulated glucose and lipid metabolism, reducing hemoglobin A1c and fasting blood sugar levels. There's a couple other things here. I think one that's interesting is actually comparing berberine to metformin, which I talk about in this episode. So in a study published in the journal Metabolism in 2008, berberine was compared with the oral diabetes drug metformin. The results indicated that berberine was as effective as metformin in lowering blood sugar levels. So there's a couple other, uh, you know, research studies that I can talk about here that I found. It's, it's kind of all the same thing, to be honest. There is evidence that berberine can help manage blood sugar levels, particularly fasting blood sugar levels and reducing HbA1c. HbA1c, for those who don't know, is your insulin levels over 90 days, and it is in a percentage form. So I usually get checked every quarter for this. I like mine to be about 4.9% to 5.1%. Typically, that's like what I like to see. Anything higher than that, I I know that I can do better. (laughs) And it is a very good indicator of how your blood sugar is doing, how your hormones are doing, and everything related to that. So all this to say is what has also been interesting is since I've been talking about berberine on TikTok and my podcast, I've had several brands reach out to me and be like, can we send you some berberine? Like, I think you should try ours. So there's so many companies coming out now with a berberine supplement because it's so trendy. I think this is fine. I think it's a good idea. I think it's great to have an alternative more accessible for people. One that a lot of people are using and that got sent to me is Hum Nutrition. I haven't used it, to be honest. Like I personally haven't taken it. I just have it in my cabinet. And there's like a bunch of other ones. So what I would do is if you're interested in taking berberine, I would order whatever is accessible to you at a good price point. And I would look into how much berberine you should be taking for somebody your age, your weight, your height, and potentially your status as well. Do you have type 2 diabetes? Are you pre-diabetic? Do you have type 1 diabetes? Like, Let's kind of look into that and then assess how much you should be taking. I would also take a look at when you should be taking it. I have read that it's more effective to take it at night, but Obviously, if you're fasting through the morning, maybe you take it in the morning. So do some research around it. Be really careful. But 100%, I would say try something like berberine before trying something like Ozempic and potentially having such severe negative side effects from it and 
being addicted to it potentially, and then you come off of it and having really bad rebound effects that you now have to deal with. Not to even mention the mental load of all of that, right? And what I mean by that is if you lose 35 pounds on Ozempic and you come off of it, and then, you know, say within the span of three months, you gain that back and you gain more back. Think about the mental load of that. Think about the stress, the anxiety, the depression that can come with that, not just that impact on your actual health, on your hormones, on your cardiovascular system, on your digestive system, everything like that. So there's a lot to be said there. I also think Ozempic is actually quite expensive. I haven't ever looked at the price, but I'm pretty sure you would have to pay for it out of pocket unless you do have type 2 diabetes, which potentially it might be covered by insurance then. I'm not sure. But from what I've seen online, I remember people saying it is expensive. So there's that factor as well. So enjoy this podcast episode. If you have any questions, um, send me a message on Instagram at biohackingbrittany. If you want to see the healing web or the healing map that I talk about in this episode, it is all over my TikTok. I think it's like actually why most people follow me on TikTok is because I talk about the healing web. I link it in my bio. I always promote buying it from the actual creator, Dylan. I don't like promoting it from Amazon or Etsy or anything like that because he is the artist and he deserves all of the credit and all of the payment. So I always try to push people to really buy it from the original artist because that's only fair and he deserves the credit. I do not take any credit for creating it at all. I have had him on my podcast. You can listen to our interview. It's all him. And I just bought it and talk about it. So enjoy this episode and I will catch you next week. Please subscribe on Spotify or follow on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review and a rating. It means a lot. Obviously, this podcast is growing a lot and I really appreciate all of you who listen every week. If you have anyone who you'd like me to interview, I'm also open to that as well. So enjoy this. I think you're going to get a lot out of it and I will catch you next week for another episode. Oh, and a quick shout out to my favorite brands, um, first and foremost, Bioptimizers. I, they actually don't have a berberine product and I wonder if they should. We are actually, this is like a little insider information. So Bioptimizers and I are putting together a bundle of my favorite products. And I think this is a brilliant idea because they have the best magnesium, digestive enzymes, and probiotics on the market. So speaking of gastrointestinal issues, digestive enzymes and probiotics are staples, absolute staples that you need to be taking if you are having any type of issues. If you're dealing with indigestion, bloating, gas, diarrhea, constipation, feeling really full, feeling like you're not digesting your food properly. Maybe you have fat in your stools. I don't know. There's many things that can be going on. Maybe you have leaky gut, which I had. Digestive enzymes are so crucial for that. And the ones by Bioptimizers are the ones that I've been using for over two years. These are fantastic. It is a full complex of digestive enzymes. So you can take it when you're eating lactose, gluten, processed food, takeout food, when you're eating a lot of food. Maybe it's Christmas, maybe it's Thanksgiving and you're eating a lot of food and you want some enzymes to help break down your food. 
that is bioptimizers. That is their digestive enzyme blend. You're gonna wanna take it. Whenever I eat something that is outside of what I typically eat, I will have four, four little ones with my meal. I'm also lactose intolerant and I don't love gluten. I think it causes inflammation in the body and I I just don't think it's great. I don't think grains are great in general. So whenever I indulge in something like that, I will take that with it always, always. And then their magnesium. I swear I talk about their magnesium so much. It is full spectrum magnesium. So that means that it has all seven types of magnesium in their product and you do not need to get any other magnesium. So if you're stressed, if you're having muscle pain, if you're having muscle fatigue, maybe from exercising and working out too much, or you're not recovering fast enough, or maybe you are overworking and you're having a hard time sleeping at night, magnesium is a staple for you. I would argue that most people should be on a magnesium supplement. I think that our soil is depleted of it. Our food is depleted of it. And it's an essential mineral that we should all be taking. So I think if everyone was on magnesium, we'd all be a lot happier. So definitely check that out. That is their magnesium product. And I take magnesium daily from them. So I will link that in the show notes for you to take a look at. And last but not least, shout out to Mimeo. This is one of my favorite products, new products this year. Mimeo is a stack of four different biomimetic ingredients. That means that basically all of the ingredients are actually found in your body and it promotes longevity and healthy aging. This stack of ingredients actually mimics a 36-hour fast in the body, which is crazy. So you actually don't have to do the fast. You can get the benefits. And these ingredients are things like spermidine, NMN, OEA, PEA, very, very biohacky, next level longevity supplement. So Mimeo is making waves in this space. I don't see anybody else doing what they're doing. They're not selling in like individual ingredients, right? They said, hey, let's stack these four things together because you find them in the body together and let's see if they're more effective. They researched it for seven years. Turns out it's more efficient and it's more effective in the body. You get more benefits. So take it in one supplement. It just makes sense. I will link that in the bio for you as well. And on my website, biohackingbrittany.com. Enjoy this episode and thank you for listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I'm your host, Brittany Ford. And today I have a fantastic lineup of a bunch of questions from my listeners. So the topics in this one are just full range. It goes from everything from nutrition to supplements to alcohol intake and prescription drugs and a whole bunch of things. So there's a lot coming for you. As always, if you have any questions you would like me answered and you want to be featured on any of these episodes, just send me a message on Instagram and I will answer them for you. Before we jump in, I want to read a podcast review that came in a couple weeks ago, which I am really happy to see from somebody in Ukraine. So this person writes, the title is A Must Listen Health Podcast. And they write, if you're interested in optimizing your health and wellness, then the Biohacking with Brittany podcast is a must listen. 
Brittany provides a wealth of valuable insights and practical tips on how to improve your physical and mental performance, drawing from the latest research and cutting-edge biohacking techniques. Her engaging and upbeat style makes the show a pleasure to listen to, and you'll come away feeling inspired and empowered to take your health to the next level. Thank you so much for that review. I love these reviews. If you feel called to do so and leave one, I really appreciate it. I read them all. I think we have over 100 now, and they make a big difference for podcasters. And if you have a podcast, you know this because people get to see them and it really helps your show get seen by others and shared and all sorts of things like that. Yeah, I appreciate the time it takes. I've left reviews on my favorite podcasts, even if it's just a couple sentences or even just five stars, it makes a difference. So thank you. Before we get started, I wanted to share with you something that happened on the weekend. I, and I'm sharing this because I, it was just like such a cute, happy moment for myself. But I was at a night market here locally. I'm in Vancouver in Canada. And I was at a night market and there was stalls of like food and beer and alcohol and all sorts of like homemade goods and little businesses, that type of night market. So it's really cool because you get to support locally. And I was walking past this one stand and it was a soap stand. And I saw this guy behind the counter and it'd be, it would be hilarious if he was listening to this. But anyway, I saw this guy standing behind a counter and he like caught my eye. And I remember just thinking like, this is a lot of eye contact for a stranger. <laughs> and then anyway, so I just kept walking. And then he was like biohacking Brittany. And he said it out loud. And I like turned my head and I was like, what? I was like, what did you just say? <laughs> I was like, how do you know that? And it was really cool because that is the first time I've ever had anybody in public know me from my online presence and not know me in person. So basically like a stranger knowing you without you knowing them. And like they, he knows my business. He knows, he follows me on Instagram. We started talking, all of this stuff. And it was so, so cool because the chances of that happening are so low. Like they are so low. Think about how big of a audience you have to have for one person to be able to recognize you who you've never met before. And I had no, I don't know. I was just so taken back by it. I was so shocked. And it was like a really cool moment because it just goes to show you how consistent work and perseverance and grit really does pay off. And I always said to myself, the moment somebody recognizes me in public is the moment I've made it. So it was so cool for that to happen on Friday night because I did not think it would happen at this stage in my business and career. But it was, oh, I was so happy about it. And it was just a very like warm-hearted moment that made me feel so recognized for the work that I've done and the effort that I've put in over years. I have such a small business, but to be able to have a moment like that was just really, really cool. So, so proud. And I'm sure... You know, when I go to the biohacking conference in Orlando in a few weeks, I'm sure it'll happen a bunch, but that's so different, right? Like you're in a space where 
you're at a biohacking health conference that I already know a ton of the companies going. I know a ton of brands. I know a ton of other content creators going. So it's so different versus like being in a night market and someone's like, Hey, I follow you on Instagram. That's just wild. So if you are going to the biohacking conference, I will be there for all three days. Definitely hit me up, message me if you want to chat, meet in person. I would love that. I am going with Katie Type A. If you don't know her, she is another content creator in the biohacking and health space. She's big on YouTube. That's kind of her main platform. She has over, I think, 30,000 followers now. And she does a bunch of different stuff. So she reviews a lot of health products and a lot of biohacking tech and gear. So if you've like thought of buying anything within the biohacking space, I guarantee she's made a video reviewing the product. So definitely check her out on YouTube. She's also on Instagram, but I'm going with her. I'm staying with her in the hotel and that's going to be so fun. We're going to do a bunch of, we're going to do a podcast episode together, a bunch of content, you know, influencer, fun stuff like that. And I'm really excited because this is my first year going and yeah, I don't really know what to expect, to be honest. I also haven't been to Orlando. I haven't been to Florida in a very long time. So I'm excited for that. I will be back in Florida in October as well in Miami. If you live in Miami and you want to meet up, let me know. I'm going to the Biohacking Congress conference. (laughs) So there's two different ones that happen in the States. So Biohacking Congress and Biohacking Conference. Yeah, it's a little much in terms of titles, but I'm going to both. One's in Orlando this year, one's in Miami. So I am super excited for that. So stay tuned. I will definitely share a lot about my experience. And yeah, I'm so excited to connect with like-minded people. It's going to be very, very interesting. All right. On to the question and answer part of the show. Woohoo. <laughs> Okay, so this first question comes from, maybe we'll just keep it to first names for just to keep people's name, like privacy. My first question comes from Sarah in California. She asks, is berberine a good replacement for ozempic or metformin? Why or why not? How should it be used? And what is its impact on fertility? So this is so interesting because I think if you're on TikTok, you know where this is coming from. There are a lot of TikTok videos right now circulating saying that berberine is nature's Ozempic. And for those who don't know, Ozempic is a weight loss prescription drug that a lot of big celebrities are now using. So and the way that I kind of found out about this as well was through TikTok. A lot of people commenting on like the Kylie Jenner's of the world saying like they're using Ozempic for weight loss and all of these different things. And originally Ozempic was actually created for people with diabetes and now it's being used as a weight loss drug for people who are not diabetic necessarily or who are not obese or super overweight but just to slim down. So there's a lot of pros and cons to that. There's a lot of dialogue happening. And now people are starting to say berberine is a replacement for that or a nature's ozempic. So that's where this question comes from. 
And I think it's important that she talks about metformin, which I'm also going to talk about as well. So first of all, Sarah, thank you for your question. Let's explain what berberine is. So berberine is a natural, a naturally occurring compound found in various plants and has gained attention for its potential therapeutic effects. However, it's important to know that berberine should not be considered a direct replacement for prescription medications like Ozempic or Metformin. Prescription medications have obviously undergone a extensive clinical trials and have established safety and efficacy profiles. However, that being said, berberine has shown promise in managing blood sugar levels and improving insulin sensitivity, which are essential factors in the management of diabetes. Some studies have even shown comparable effects to metformin. So for example, a study published in the journal Metabolism found that berberine was as effective as metformin in reducing HbA1c levels a marker of long-term blood sugar control and fasting blood glucose levels in individuals with type 2 diabetes. Okay, let's back up for a second. So the dialogue that you see on TikTok that's like, oh, azempic and berberine, like the same thing. A lot of people are correcting these videos in the comments and they're saying, actually, berberine is closer in its chemical structure and how it works in the body to metformin that it is ozempic and those people are correct. So I think people have gotten it a little bit twisted with what they think berberine can do on the blood glucose levels and also helping with long-term blood sugar control and ozempic. But this is actually more, like I said, of what like metformin does. And when we talk about HbA1c levels, this is really important. So that is your blood sugar over the last 90 days when you get that tested, and it's in a percentage. So like I said earlier in the show, if you get tested with Inside Tracker, they actually test for HbA1c levels. So I just did my test. Mine was 5.0%, which is a very, very healthy level. I think when I've seen other people like Ben Greenfield do it, I think he's been at like a 4.9 or a 4.8. That's the lowest I've ever seen. I have never personally hit that. 5.0 has always been my lowest. And I'm very, very happy with that because that's far from even being pre-diabetic. So, however, it would be interesting to take berberine for 90 days or even longer and see if I can lower it further. So when it comes to using berberine, it's advisable to follow the dosage recommendations by, like that are on the bottle or that your healthcare professional says. Typically, it comes in a capsule or a tablet form, and the dosage varies depending on what you need it for. So I do have berberine. I will... I forget the... Oh, so bad. I forget the name of the brand that I'm taking right now. I can picture it. It's in my bathroom. What's interesting about the one that I have, it actually says to take it at night. It says to take two at night. So I've been trying to do that and I will link it in the show notes once I remember the name of the one that I take. All right. I know that so many of us struggle with our hormones. We have a lot of confusion around our menstrual cycles, ovulation, having our periods, regulating it and really just minimizing the symptoms that we often deal with. I have been there. I've had a mild PCOS diagnosis. I have had irregular cycles since I've been off birth control. I've had a ovarian cyst. And 
honestly have been through a lot when it comes to hormones in the last few years. So out of that, I really taught myself about cycle syncing. And this is the idea that during different phases of the cycle, we are doing different things. We are eating different foods, taking different supplements or drinking different teas for the nutrients, exercising differently in response to where our hormones are at at that time. And through living in this ebb and flow of our cycle, we can actually feel better. We can look better. Our hormones are happier. We're mentally better. We can sleep better. And this is exactly what I found. So I took everything that I did. I put it into an easy peasy guide for you. It's called the Ebb and Flow Cycle Guide. It's on my website. Go and grab it right now. This is literally going to solve all of your hormone issues. I'm not kidding. It's so, so good. And it's so easy to read as well. I also added in a part about seed cycling because I know so many of you are interested in seed cycling as well. So that means what seeds do we take during which phase of the cycle? These seeds have different phytonutrients in it that can help with the different hormones during the different phases. And I've also included over 30 recipes that are super tasty as a bonus. So these recipes are designed for the different phases. So you can have certain ones during your period, during ovulation and things like that. And of course, I included biohacks. I included which biohacks to do around ovulation to optimize that, how to optimize your menstrual cycle or your menstruation during your period and everything like that. Everything from castor oil packs to acupuncture to red light therapy to healing baths that that I love, that is what I did. So this is my ebb and flow cycle guide. You can grab it on my website right now, biohackingbrittany.com. Go for it. And I hope you really enjoy it. There's been over 500 that have been bought already, which is so amazing to see. And I'm just so thankful that I get to help women with their hormones and on their health journey. So let's talk about fertility. Regarding the impact on fertility, research on berberine's direct effects is limited. Fertility is a complex issue influenced by multiple factors. We know this if you listen to this podcast, including hormonal balance and reproductive health. One study published in the Reproductive Biology and Endocrinology Journal said suggested that berberine may have a positive effect on polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is PCOS, a condition that can affect fertility in women, which is what I have, unfortunately. <laughs> The study found that berberine improved menstrual regularity and hormone levels in women with PCOS. However, more research is needed to fully understand its impact. I think this is interesting. So as somebody who low-key has PCOS, and I say low-key because it's not officially diagnosed, I feel like this is a recommendation for women with PCOS because a lot of women with PCOS have difficulty with insulin resistance and blood sugar control. And this, they tend to go hand in hand. So I think that's why that recommendation would be there. I don't think it is a general recommendation for women who might have irregular periods or an imbalance of hormones. So overall, my suggestion is definitely try it. I think if you've been tested and your blood sugar levels aren't great or your HbA1c levels are a little too high, I would definitely suggest trying it follow what the dosage is recommended on the bottle and talk to a professional healthcare consultant or doctor about it as well. 
And overall, no, it is not a replacement for Ozempic. It's not even really a, a replacement for metformin. It just kind of does the same thing, but it has less research behind it. So there's that. Okay, next question. This comes from Mark in New York, and he asks, is alcohol healthy for you in any quantity? How much should be consumed? Are there specific types of alcohol that are better for you? And what about women? Well, 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 thank you for this question. So this is funny because last week I made a video about the health benefits of wine for women. And some people were so upset about it. (laughs) It was ridiculous. Like some people were like, I can't believe you would post this. I didn't expect this to come from you. Like all of this type of stuff. And I ended up taking the post down, which I don't know if I should have done that. It just made me think a lot about it, I guess. And so my overall, before we get into kind of like what the science is, my overall thinking with this is that alcohol is okay when you can drink responsibly, first and foremost, and it doesn't trigger any type of dependence or addiction. That is so important. And if there's any type of reliance on it, if it's a coping mechanism of any sort, I don't think it's appropriate to have. And that goes with anything, anything you're kind of using to soothe any type of emotion you might be feeling, I think is a cause for concern. Do I think it's healthy for you? Not necessarily. Like if you look at what alcohol and wine and beer and things like that are made out of, like obviously not. Like I I think it causes... I think it can cause metabolic damage, cellular damage for sure. And I definitely don't glaze over that. I think where I'm coming from when I think about wine and I think about the benefits of it, I think there is a time and place for it. And I don't think it's as black and white as people would like it to be. And I think when I posted last week being like, hey, here are some of the benefits of wine. I think some people got upset because they want this clear-cut answer on it, and they want someone like me to be this extreme health model for them with zero tolerance for the fact that I'm human and have a life outside of my business and outside of biohacking. And so I think it's interesting from that perspective of part of me feels like it's not fair to hold people to such high standards. And part of me does understand where they're coming from. So the way that I personally handle alcohol has been something I've I've thought a lot about, like a lot. This is not something I take lightly. And I've slowly started moving away from alcohol since 2019. And the reason why is because in 2019, I actually got my aura ring. And my aura ring was the first thing that actually showed me the serious detrimental effects of alcohol on my health. And before that, like, obviously, you know, right? You know, when you overdrink, you know, when you're hungover, your head hurts, your stomach hurts, it's acidic you throw up, like you say things you shouldn't say, you eat a bunch of junk food, like we've all been there, drunk, hungover, all sorts of things. But I think when I had my aura ring, it opened my eyes to the effects of alcohol on my heart. So my heart rate was 
very, very high when I would drink, is very high when I drink. My HRV plummets. My sleep scores are terrible. And once I started to see this data, I was like, wow, like this is actually what's happening. You know, like to have an average, let's say HRV 80 and above is kind of like where I like it. For my HRV to be in the 20s and 30s when I drink alcohol and my heart rate to be in the 60s when my heart rate's usually in the 40s, oh, like it really made me take a step back. And so since 2019, now we're in 2023, every year I've been slowly drinking less and less. So it kind of started with taking a month off and then another month off and then another month off. And then I started, I think it was 2021. I started doing like 75 hard a bunch of different times in my life. And so then it was like three months off and three months off and three months off. And then we had COVID. So I wasn't really drinking and going out anyway. And so slowly and slowly, I've been reducing how much I drink every single year. Now I'm at a point where I drink in the summer from you know May to August. And when I say I drink in the summer, that means that I drink on the weekends and I will limit how many drinks I have at a night. Ideally, three or four, that's it. Maximum, like maybe just one, but like maximum three or four. And then I typically will drink on the holidays. So Christmas, maybe my birthday. And that's kind of it, honestly. That's kind of where I'm at right now. So if you look at it from like January to December, this year so far, like I didn't drink from January to March. I was in Costa Rica for basically all of March and I drank when I was there. It was my honeymoon. I got married. Obviously, I'm going to drink and enjoy myself. I didn't drink all of April and now May I drank, June I'm drinking, July I will, August I will. September is my birthday, so maybe I will for that and I'm going to California. And then I will probably take October, November and half of December off until Christmas. So I think that for me, that's kind of what works right now is kind of like this idea of like the summer, weekends and significant holidays. Otherwise, I don't drink. And I should actually count how many days that is if I were to drink every day because I guarantee you it's it's probably I don't even know like a quarter or less of the year and that's a lot of time off so this is kind of what I like I like the ebb and flow of really taking a step back in the winter and then drinking more in the summer however it's different for everybody So back to my original post of like health benefits, there are some health benefits, right? And I'm not saying that the negative, like the negative parts or not negative benefits, but like I'm not saying that the negative impact of it outweighs or doesn't outweigh the health impact, but I am saying that there are certain health impacts and health benefits of it. And that shouldn't necessarily be glazed over. I think all in all, you need to find what works for you And I don't think you should be shamed if you do drink because I just don't think that's fair either. The general guideline for moderate alcohol intake is up to one drink per day for women and up to two drinks per day for men. And the impact of alcohol on health is a topic that has actually been extensively studied. 
So while moderate alcohol consumption has been associated with potential health benefits, it's important to emphasize moderation. It's essential to remember that these guidelines refer to standard drinks, which typically contain 14 grams of pure alcohol. So let's talk about the different types of alcohol and their potential health benefits. Some research suggests that moderate consumption of certain types of alcohol, such as red wine, may offer additional health benefits. Red wine contains antioxidants such as resveratrol, which has been linked to heart health. It's believed that resveratrol helps reduce inflammation and may may have a positive effect on cholesterol levels and blood pressure. However, it's important to note that these benefits are seen with moderate consumption and may not outweigh the risks associated with excessive alcohol intake, which is completely what I agree with. When it comes to women and alcohol, it's important to consider factors such as body size, metabolism, and overall health. Women tend to metabolize alcohol differently than men, and their bodies may be more susceptible to the negative impacts and effects of alcohol. Additionally, excessive alcohol consumption has been linked to an increased risk of breast cancer in women. It's crucial to understand that excessive alcohol consumption can have detrimental effects on various aspects of health, including liver damage, increased cancer risk, addiction, and adverse effects on mental health. It's always recommended to prioritize overall well-being and make informed choices about alcohol consumption and obviously talk to a professional healthcare provider. So I think that's basically answering all of your questions, Mark. Again, I have some like a routine that works for me right now and the lifestyle that I want to lead. Will it always be this way? Probably not, especially as I do more of a preconception cleanse and detox in the fall. I definitely will not be drinking during that time. And I can see myself getting to a point where it's a few times a year for me and on occasion. And that's probably what's going to happen in the next couple of years. And that, and I'll probably just sustain that for life. Because actually, you know, at the end of the day, as someone who's taken multiple months off of not drinking alcohol in a row, you feel so good when you don't drink like that. And you, like if weight loss or the gym is important to you or athletic performance, like the alcohol really, really can get in the way for that. So I don't even know if I like gave a conclusive opinion on what I do and what I don't do. I think I'm like kind of have, I'm on the fence with it, but I think it is good to shed light on both sides. And I also think it's important not to shame people for drinking because Again, like you can live your life. And if that's what you want to do, by all means, do it. Just watch how much you drink and watch the type of alcohol that you're drinking as well. Hi there, folks. I've got some thrilling news to share with you. The Buy Optimizers Black Friday mega sale is in full swing. And guess what? It's actually not just for one day. It is for the entire month of November. This mega deal is available only for my listeners and only with my code. Yep, you heard me right. It's literally just for us. Now, you already know that I have an unwavering trust in bio-optimizers. These guys are the real deal when it comes to improving digestion. And let's not forget about their top-of-the-line magnesium. It's truly the best on the market. Plus, they actually back up their products with a rock-solid 365-day money-back guarantee. No questions asked. Now is the time of year when you fill up your shopping carts and stock up on bio-optimizers goodness. 
Trust me when I say this, you won't be able to find a better Black Friday deal anywhere else, not even on the mighty Amazon. The biggest discount you can get and amazing gifts with purchases are available only on my page, bioptimizers.com slash biohackingbritney with code biohackingbritney. We all have those never-ending Black Friday wish lists, but this year I challenge you to put your health at the top of that list. Instead of those impulsive purchases, let's focus on what really matters. So why wait? Choose health over unnecessary things this Black Friday. Head over to bioptimizers.com slash biohackingbrittany and enter my code biohackingbrittany at checkout. Let me know what you think of it and don't miss out on this mega deal for my listeners only. All right, the next question. This one's fun. The healing web. Ooh, this, the controversy. Man, I feel like I've just been posting controversial things lately. I don't know why. And I like it and I don't like it (laughs) because it gets so much attention. And then if you've ever had anything go somewhat viral, you know what it's like to get that much attention is like, it's great, but then it also comes with criticism. And so it's, it's a little much sometimes, but let's talk about the healing web. Let's talk about how it works. So Lisa, Texas, I would love to go to Texas. She says, what is the healing web? How does it work? I saw your posts. Can you explain it more? Okay, let's talk about this. So the healing web is honestly really hard to describe without seeing it. And let's back up for a a second and talk about where this question came from. So I posted something on TikTok last week and Instagram last week. And it was the video of this poster that I have in my office. And this poster is called the healing web. And If you haven't seen this and you are remotely into biohacking, holistic medicine at all, whatever it is, whether it's herbs, supplements, exercise, fitness, cryotherapy, saunas, whatever, whatever you're in, like there's so many different things that people are into. You need to go and look at this map slash web. It's going to blow your mind. I first found out about this on TikTok, I think a few months ago, because someone else posted a video of it. And I saw this thing and I was like, what is this? Immediately went, downloaded a PDF version, decided I couldn't read it. It wasn't, I needed it blown up big enough. Found the guy who invented it, bought his poster. Now it's the poster on my wall. And you are probably going to do the same once you hear about this. So the healing web. This is something that's created by somebody named Dylan Monroe. It is essentially the an outline of a, the most common health conditions that people have and all of the causes and ways of healing it on one map and web. On the right side, when you look at it, it has holistic medicine. And on the left side, it has Western medicine. So in the middle, it has all of these different health conditions. And then there's a web of a bunch of different lines that connect everything. And it's all color-coordinated, kind of hard to explain. So the video I posted last week, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you haven't seen it, go to my Instagram and take a look at the basically piece of paper that you see. It's a reel and it says pregnancy. 
So I showed a video of the pregnancy version of this in terms of what holistic medicine says about pregnancy and what Western medicine says about pregnancy. And wow, the people, like the comments, the shares, the DMs about this thing, I was not ready for it. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to post this on TikTok. It'll be fine, whatever. So right now on TikTok, as of today, Monday, it has over 102,000 views. And that's what, like, I haven't promoted it at all. That's organic. Like, I don't even, do I even want to click on it? I think it has over 5,000 likes, 200 comments. It's crazy. So I really suggest going to take a look at this. And it's linked on my website. So if you go to biohackingbrittany.com slash shop, or I think it's slash pages slash shop, you can scroll down and go down to where it says the healing web and click on that. And you will be able to go to the poster there. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. And if you are curious about it, like I was when I first found out, even just searching online, the healing web, it's going to come up. You can also buy it on Etsy, but that's not from the founder. So I would personally support the founder and the creator of it and just buy from the creator. And he actually has a YouTube video about how he came up with this concept. And it's very interesting. So you should go check it out. I don't want to give it away, but it's worth listening to him explain how it works and how he thought of it. Because it's wild. Like I, I can't even explain it to you without showing it to you. I, I don't even like to look at it on a daily basis because there's so much information on it and there's so much that I don't even understand. Like there's so much that I don't even understand. If you are at all into like, I don't even know, I don't want to say being woke because now there's criticism of that word, but being awake and in terms of big pharma and kind of what's happening in the world and all of this, don't want to say darkness, but like it is kind of darkness and underlying motives for everything. You need to take a look at this because it's going to blow your mind in terms of everything that it says. Like, for example, Illuminati diet is on there. I don't know what that is. What does that mean? Someone explain that to me. Talks about alchemy. Talk, I'm just reading it from where I'm sitting right now in my office. It talks about oh gosh, I don't even, ball sacrifice. Am I even saying that right? And planned parenthood, sterilization. Like I, this is deep guys. This is deep stuff. And is this a podcast about that stuff? No. <laughs> Will it be one day? I don't know. But I think it is worth going to look at this healing web. If your eyes are somewhat open to how the world works, get ready for this. And what's interesting, which I didn't expect, is on, especially on TikTok, the amount of people who are defending this healing web and saying, y'all asleep, you have no idea what's going on, coming and just like defending it being, and especially because it's about pregnancy, the videos about the pregnancy. So many women are like, I had a C-section birth and this happened. I gave birth in the hospital and this happened. And it's not to shame any women who have done that. It's That's not what it's about. The map just literally outlines what the causes are and how 
Western medicine tries to heal it versus holistic medicine and the healing and different interpretations and what you can do for that one thing. So there's no shame in if you've done these things. It's just showing you how it's all interconnected. So man, if I haven't sold you on this, like just go take a look at it by now. It's not it's not even my web, but it's incredible. So yeah, that's called the healing web. And I hope that answers your questions. Yeah, it's just a really, really very interesting web to download. I actually want to send it to a few different people now that I'm thinking about this out loud. It's a thought I'm going to have to come back to. Okay, next question. Jessica from Florida. Ooh, this is a good question to end the note on. I feel like we just went a little dark and a little deep, but now I'm going to lighten things up. So what are functional foods and how do they help women's health? Jessica in Florida, are you in Orlando? I can meet you in a few weeks if you want to come to the biohacking conference or Miami in October. I will be there again. So Jessica, thank you for your question. So functional foods, very, very interesting. Why is it interesting? Because this is a space that I feel like has not yet been oversaturated. And let me explain by what I mean by that. So functional foods are foods that offer additional health benefits beyond their basic nutritional value. They contain specific bioactive compounds or components that contribute to the prevention or management of certain diseases or conditions. Functional foods play an important role in women's health by supporting overall well-being and addressing specific health concerns, of course. So there are definitely some examples of functional foods we find in nature. So let me give you a few examples. So flax seeds. Flax seeds are rich in lignans, which are a type of phytoestrogen. These compounds can help balance hormones and reduce the severity of menopausal symptoms. Flax seeds are also a good source of omega-3 fatty acids, which support heart health. You can add ground flax seeds to your morning smoothies, sprinkle it on yogurt, or use it in baking recipes. Another example is soy. I don't particularly tolerate soy very well, but some women do. Soy products such as tofu or edamame contain isoflavonoids. That's not how you say that. Isoflavins. Oh, wow. You can tell it's the end of the podcast because my pronunciation is going out the window. So, which is another type of phytoestrogen. Estrogen. So, these have been associated with reducing the risk of breast and uterine cancers, supporting bone health, and alleviating menopausal symptoms. Obviously, it's pretty easy to incorporate soy. Another good one is like turmeric. So, I think a lot of people know about this one. Turmeric contains an active compound called curcumin, which has potent anti-inflammatory properties. It may help reduce the risk of chronic diseases such as heart disease, arthritis, and certain cancers. Turmeric can be added to various dishes or consumed as a supplement, which we see often now. And you can add it to curries and soups and golden milk recipes and things like that. So these are just a few examples of functional foods. So I love that I love that this was brought up because I am very interested in the functional food space from a business standpoint. 
So if you go to my website, for example, if you go to my website right now, at the top, you'll see a banner that says hormone balancing chocolate recipe for free, free download, whatever it says. And that is a perfect example of functional foods. So we're taking something like chocolate, we're making it more functional by adding ingredients that are going to help balance your hormones. And the ingredients in there that do that are ashwagandha. It's like, I think it's ashwagandha, maca, and I don't even remember because I, I wrote it so long ago now. But that is the perfect example of a functional food. It's like, here's something that's healthy for you and has a, a lot of nutrients. But when there's something added to it for a recipe for this sake, there's additional benefits to it. So it's interesting. And I'm saying this now because I'm thinking of actually pushing this further in my business. So maybe I'll do like a little test because the amount of people listening right now at this end of this podcast episode are is very slim, probably, although I get over 10,000 downloads a month now, but I'm going to say this anyway. So if you're still listening, I am thinking about creating a line of functional chocolate for women. Now, I don't want to give too much away because... I probably shouldn't (laughs) legally. However, I would love to see in the chocolate space, first of all, chocolate that's healthy enough that I would eat it as a nutritionist. So it would have to be keto and paleo and definitely not have any soy in it whatsoever. And I would love for it to do more than just be chocolate. So I would love for it to have ingredients in it that help different phases of women's life. So for example, something for hormones, you know, seed cycling maybe, or fertility chocolate, pregnancy chocolate, postpartum, perimenopause, menopause, period. And not just like, hey, here's this chocolate for menopause, but rather, what are the common symptoms that women deal with during menopause? Okay, so hot flashes, fatigue. Okay, what ingredients have been scientifically researched that show that reduce that? What adaptogens, what herbs, and then how can we actually incorporate that into a chocolate where they take a square a day and it has a therapeutic amount of that ingredient in it, which then helps reduce those symptoms and helps them manage their symptoms. Because I I like this idea more than supplements. I think Everybody has a supplement line. Everyone's taking a million supplements. And I'm just kind of sick of it. I don't want to do that. And I was like, why don't we just create a line of functional chocolate for women that does a lot? And all women, like women who are struggling to get pregnant, like, can we add maca and help increase her libido every single day? And what can we add for stress management for her? Okay, so maybe ashwagandha. And how do we get enough in it so that she can take a piece every single day and it can help manage these symptoms again? And so I think that's really where the sweet spot is. And it's like that with any time you take adaptogens in general, just talking about adaptogens is like, you really have to take it every single day for about 90 days for it to really help with what it's supposed to help with. and. 
that's why I kind of love this idea because imagine just subscribing to chocolate that is healthy, that I think is healthy. So if I would eat it, I have like very strict standards. If I would eat it, especially as a nutritionist, then I feel like it is healthy enough, but also does more for you and really supports women. You know, like that's kind of just what I want to see out there on the market. That's what I want to see for for women in general. And to be honest, if this existed, I would buy it and I would subscribe to it and I would, I would already have it. Like, especially as someone who right now has irregular periods, an irregular menstrual cycle, and I'm not trying to conceive right now, but I'm in my preconception era. So if I, if someone said, Hey, take this chocolate every single day, this small piece, it's 48 calories, 50 calories, whatever it is, it, you agree with all of the ingredients in there. There's no soy, there's no cheap, crappy sugar. It's all, you know, very clean keto, paleo, and it has these extra ingredients in it. And this is actually going to help regulate your menstrual cycle. I'd be like, yeah, great. 40 bucks a month for a month's worth, whatever the price is. I don't care. Subscribe, send it to me. I don't want to think about it again. And I'm good. Cool. Thanks. And same with fertility. Same with, okay, I'm ranting now, but same with fertility, same with postpartum. Postpartum, I would love to produce something that helps with baby blues, postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression and stress, like all of that type of thing is like, how can we really support women during their different phases of their life without a freaking supplement? Okay. And so this is kind of what I'm thinking about lately. Now, if you're still listening, (laughs) if you love this idea, send me a DM. Maybe this is going to be my test, okay? I want 20 women. Actually, I don't care if you're a woman. I don't care what you are. I want 20 people to reach out to me on Instagram. And if 20 people listen to this and like this idea, then I'll do it, okay? I'll do it. Launching January 2024. I'm not kidding. I like. I'm not kidding. 20 people. 20 people. I want you to reach out. I want you to send me a message on Instagram at biohackingbrittany and say, hey, I heard your podcast episode. I listened to the end. I heard you talk about the chocolate idea. Yeah, I'm in. Do it. And I'm going to count and I'm going to report back on my podcast. If I hit 20, if I don't hit 20, maybe I'll give it, I'll give it a week. I'll give it a week, maybe two weeks maximum for those 20 people. Let's talk about getting the remarkable benefits of fasting without the daunting commitment of long-term fasting. As a dedicated professional, always on the lookout for ways to enhance my health and well-being, I've explored intermittent fasting extensively. And if you're a listener of the podcast, you know this. However, I've often found myself pushing the boundaries and experiencing adverse effects such as sleep issues, and energy slumps, and also hormonal issues. While intermittent fasting did offer some positive outcomes initially, like many of us, I struggled to incorporate it long-term without it really disrupting my daily life. However, my life has recently taken a turn for the better, all thanks to Mimeo. This is the world's first biomimetic supplement. This incredible innovation is the accumulation of years of rigorous clinical research 
meticulously designed to replicate the effects of a 36-hour fast at the cellular level, which is wild. With Memeo, I can now experience the holistic benefits of fasting without enduring prolonged periods of hunger and deprivation. Are you intrigued about the benefits? Let's get into it. First and foremost, Mimeo activates your cell's innate regenerative capabilities, much like fasting itself. This translates to optimized metabolism and better control over hunger, which a lot of us really value if we're trying to watch our weight. Secondly, it significantly boosts energy levels and accelerates recovery, making it an absolute game changer for active individuals like myself. Thirdly, Mimeo elevates mood and sharpens mental clarity, enabling us to be at our absolute best every single day. I definitely notice this, especially when I take it right before work in the mornings. The icing on the cake is that Mimeo's formulation is exclusively derived from molecules naturally produced by our own body. This means it is very, very safe because it is in perfect harmony with our biological system, delivering optimal effectiveness. Still not convinced? Mimeo offers a 100% happiness guarantee. That's right, there's absolutely nothing to lose. So for all of my fantastic listeners out there, if you want to give Mimeo a try and add it to your supplement stack, I really suggest you do so. And you can do that by using my discount code biohackingbrittany for 10% off for the first three months of your subscription, which is awesome. Join me along with countless others who are on the path to revolutionizing their health with Mimeo. Bid farewell to the challenges of long-term fasting and usher in a healthier, happier version of yourself, which we always love. Thank you for listening. And always remember, when it comes to optimizing your health, Mimeo holds the key. Visit their website, link to my show notes and on my website as well, and embark on your journey towards a better you now. And you know why I'm doing that is because I know that I would buy this. And I know that my hormone balancing chocolate recipe on my website has over a thousand downloads already. And I launched it less than a month ago. But I want more market validation. I want more women to say, yeah, I would buy this. And it's funny because actually when I've started telling my friends and family about this idea, every single time I tell a woman, oh my gosh, their face lights up. They're like, yep, absolutely do it. Please, you're telling me I can have chocolate every day and it's healthy for me? Yep, I don't need to know anymore. My mom said that, my mother-in-law said that, my girlfriends have said that. So it's so funny telling women about it because it's almost like an excuse to indulge in chocolate and I think that's fine. I Like, absolutely, that's great. Again, if you're one of those people or you know somebody, reach out to me. I want to hear from you. I really want to hear from you. And I haven't talked about this on Instagram or TikTok or anywhere else, and I probably won't because (laughs) my podcast platform is a lot smaller and it's more intimate and I kind of like it like that. And so I want to keep it here until I announce it in the places where I have a bigger audience. So thank you for listening to this podcast episode. This was a ton of information. I ranted about a bunch of things, but that's kind of what I'm here for is to just share my thoughts on wellness and health and everything like that. I look forward to hearing from you and I will catch you later this week for another episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, 
which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.